0: Heyo, May here. Welcome back to this side of the world. Today we have three exciting new friends and guests joining me to go on tangents about photography. If you aren't familiar with photography with friends, this is a podcast where I feature photographers, photo hobbyist friends, and we just geek out on everything photography related. We also talk about the perils of life and whatever that leads us to. So welcome. I hope you enjoy this new set of ramblings. Thanks for listening! Before I start, I just want to mention if you're interested in trying Dehancer, it's a great plugin so you can use it for Photoshop, Premiere, Lightroom, and DaVinci. So what it does helps to create that nice film look to your photos or your videos. You gotta check it out, it's pretty cool. And you can get 10% off all products using my promo code MAYSHOOTS, all caps. So please do try it out. And now onto the podcast. Thank you for joining me on this gorgeous sunny day indoors, one of our fellow friends, one of our fellow uh, photographers has ran to grab the camera, like a true photographer is. And yeah, so joining me today, we have three lovely friends, Luna, Xavi.
1: Hey, hello.
0: Wang.
2: Hi.
0: Um, and Steven.
2: <laughs> I'm sure this will go better right here. <laughs> All <laughs> the way up right yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay, so Luna is a versatile hobbyist photographer whom has an eye for details. Whether it be texture of a bird's wings or the window structure of a building, she takes her time to capture the beautiful world around us. Yi is an avid, loyal Leica like lover, not sponsored, but could be, whom likes to geek out on quality lenses and always tries to find the best gear to express his love for his cap through the glass. And Stephen often shoots TFP portraits. He enjoys discovering new subjects to shoot, and his drive to learn new things shine through with his curiosity to ask questions. So welcome everyone, Luna, E, and Stephen, to Photography with Friends. Thank, Thank you for having you. us. Thank you
1: for the invitation.
0: No problem, thanks for coming over. And um, we just had some snacks, talked a little bit. Um, so I just wanna say first off, how are you guys feeling mentally, spiritually? How's it going? I am a little <laughs> bit
3: nervous, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah. This is my first podcast again. We've been speaking for like what two hours before the podcast began. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now as soon as you put the limelight on
0: us, yeah. Um,
3: oh. aliens- Kind of reeling away from it, but again, <laughs> it's like after five or ten minutes, mm-hmm. we back.
0: Yeah, it's like the camera, right? If you're shooting a model or someone who's not comfortable in front of the camera, they tense up, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: it takes it takes time to You get used to the idea of someone else listening, mm-hmm. right? To what we to what we say. What Yeah. You. But yeah, it's it's been pretty good. After a long weekend, uh, sorry, a long winter, mm. we're finally getting some spring. So. Right. Yeah.
3: Finally able to see the asphalt again.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. You exactly.
0: can
2: see the beautiful brown grass. And-
0: yeah. In Calgary, uh, not a lot of plows come over and pick up the snow because it's privatized. So when it snows, two weeks later, it's still on the ground. Mm-hmm. Very different from back in New Toronto, where they snow immediately, it's gone. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little different in Calgary, seeing snow all the time, like on the ground. And at now it feels like a bit more spring coming over, less snow. Mm-hmm. It's warming up.
1: We're starting to plan spring shootings and mm-hmm. ideas for when the grass is greener. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Think that's, yeah, lots powerful. of ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You, how are you feeling? I'm feeling
2: good. <laughs> um, oh, oh, we just had a lot of snacks. Mm-hmm. some drinks, some oranges, some geopolitics,
0: Always <laughs> oh, gotta have that in conversation. Yeah,
3: yeah we're, we're, we're doing good. This is how we know you're getting old.
1: You <laughs> start so talking about politics? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually caring about yes. it. Yeah. I mean,
3: actually caring would be a strong word, but... <laughs> Curious.
0: curious. Curious. Discussing yeah. like adults do. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, no. When did that happen? <laughs> I, mean,
3: I think it happened 12 years ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're your we'll old we'll man refuse. then. We are
2: refuse to think about it.
0: <laughs> we have photography to keep us young. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of
3: photography, how's everyone's photography
0: going? Mm. Pretty good.
3: Yeah. When was the last time you guys had a shoot?
2: Last, um,
3: last week, right? Last week. Yeah. Last uh, Saturday, I want to say. Ah, so besides group photo shoots, like when mm-hmm. you guys do individual shoots?
2: Oh, I took photos of my cat
3: yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, no,
1: mm. that's what it possibly comes, yeah. Fair.
3: Okay. Well, what maybe, about you, mate?
0: Uh Maybe like two days ago or even yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, two days ago. I was downtown, just like trying to finish up a roll because I'm doing a video on developing with coffee. So I was just trying to finish that roll up so I can start developing that.
3: Yeah. So Are you doing videos for Instagram or are you just trying to learn so much like videography?
0: Um, so we're doing the for YouTube. So I'm just doing. I was taking photos on my film camera, and I was finishing the roll. Then I'm gonna come home. I was gonna come home and develop it, make a video out of that the whole process of developing the film
3: you do both video Mm -hmm. and sorry digital and film yes Mm -hmm. and you just recently bought a new camera
0: yes i got the a7c sony and
3: (laughs) (laughs) is it easier switching to digital from film or
0: um i mean i shot digital grow like you know when I started photography, I was shooting digital, so it's not that much of a difference I mean, in terms of like transferring skills from digital to film. Um, I think the main difference is just being more patient with film because you have to wait through the whole process to see your photos. Instant gratification for digital, but film, you have to wait. So there's waiting of taking the photos and process and then scanning them and developing them. That's like a whole thing. Yeah. And there's a longer time for learning process because like when you're shooting with a digital, you take a photo, you immediately find out, oh, this is why I have this problem. This is too bright or this is too dark or there's too much ISO. You immediately see it. But in film, you have to wait till the whole process is over. Then you are able to like learn from that experience. Yeah. I think everyone should try it, like all the digital people should try it at least once. I would love to try, it, yeah. but
1: I well, I'm not enough to know what <laughs> shooting <laughs> with the film yeah. actually feel like. I'm yeah, gonna... I, I remember, yeah, that before when I was a teenager, I, I used to have my camera, point can shoot camera mm. with film, but I actually stopped taking pictures at all when one of my films got damaged. Mm. So I I couldn't you mm. know stand the like I wasn't I, I wasn't patient enough mm. to 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 start the whole process yeah. and to no I was too young and I mm. didn't know anything about photography or anything mm. but I I just uh, took photography back when I was able to afford a digital camera. Mm. So, yeah, for, for me it's interesting because I stopped completely mm. from film. Yeah, you started
0: with film, but then you I, stopped and then yeah, yeah, went yeah, into yeah. digital.
1: Yeah. And so how did
0: you damage the film?
1: I think it, it was a very well-known brand, one of those things that everybody had at the moment. And I think it was damaged, like, you know, from factory, yeah. but I didn't realize because once once you put it in the camera well, you close it, and you never realize if it's actually working. Right. And it sounded like it, and I, mm-hmm. could, I could, you know, like. it like, Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and everything. But when when I opened it again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I realized it was like it stopped. I, it
0: didn't go all the way.
1: It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't go at all. Mm-hmm. So I lost like every everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one bad
3: experience put you away for all films?
1: Very much, generally. yeah. I was literally mm-hmm. a teenager.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. It um, happens a lot to people like our age too. Like, I tried to give them film, and then something bad happens, and they're like so devastated. Right. Because they, it's like yeah. you've created this, you know, time of taking photos and like composing, and then okay. all of a sudden they're all gone, you know? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the process of film. You have to be okay with it, accepting that it's not always going to work out. Yeah. But when they do work out, it's like super satisfying. It overrides the negatives okay. of that.
2: Yeah. I had a film camera when I was, I can't remember how mm-hmm. old. That was probably in like elementary junior high.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was a point mm-hmm. and shoot. It was a Fuji film, I'm pretty sure. Because my, oh my dad, God. it was a... It yeah.
1: being big at the time. Mine too was.
2: Yeah, but... I don't even know. I don't can't even remember why I stopped. Maybe just like I wasn't really in it for the photography. Or it was more because I was taking pictures of buses on the street. And I think after taking so many photos of buses, because it cost money to develop the film. So after developing so many, oh, yeah, the other
1: thing, yeah,
2: it was yeah, yeah. And you know, I was a kid. So after right. developing so many pictures of buses, maybe maybe one day my family just says, you know what, no more buses. <laughs> Yeah, so no more films, and because I don't even remember what happened to the camera, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure I still have the camera. Yeah, yeah. maybe your Probably family doesn't. still have it.
0: Because
2: I definitely don't have the camera myself. I have no idea what happened
0: to it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Usually, like your your grandparents or your family members would keep it somewhere. It
2: wasn't. To, it wasn't like one of those old cameras that you would pass th- pass it no, down no. to. Because it was. It was the start of consumer electronic grade yeah. cameras. Yeah, it was. Exactly, uh, yeah. Same it was time. a point shoot, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't even need to know anything to use it. You mm-hmm. just, you need to know how to load the film. You mm-hmm. need to know how to turn it on. You need to know where the shutter is. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Yeah.
1: Don't the batteries.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I definitely did not know a thing. Like
3: <laughs> I have had zero experience with film. So I'm just sitting around listening to <laughs> all the hard work that goes into it. Cause it's digital. You shoot, you look at the camera. The display on the camera to see if the photo looks good the composition yeah and then you put it on the big screen you see that it's out of focus especially if you use a smaller lens. stuff mm-hmm. that's what happened with my most recent photo shoot mm-hmm. so i gave my sony a7IV t- for service because i was too stupid when i was changing lenses i didn't hold my camera sensor down mm-hmm. so some of the snowflakes hit the sensor mm-hmm. and the next day when i was taking photos of the sky there was a lot oh. of
0: one second. Sorry, but interrupted by little kids wanting to clean windows for money. <laughs> sure, Stephen, what were you saying?
3: Oh, yeah. So I gave my... To service? My Sony mm-hmm. a went for to service because I had a shoot with uh, my friends, present company included, uh, at Canmore. And it was snowing that day. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to try doing some landscape after several months. So... I tried the 85mm, it was too narrow, so I decided to try something wide, a 35. So when I changed the lenses, I did not hold my camera sensor down. I had it fixed on a tripod and I just removed the lens, the 85, and I plugged in a 35. But in between those few seconds, a handful of snowflakes fell onto the sensor. I didn't really think a big deal of that. Until the next day, when I took photos of the sky and I noticed that there were a lot of spots on the sky. So I went to the camera store, which is where I purchased a camera store in Calgary. Shout out! Uh, went there and they suggested that I send it to Sony uh, just to make sure there's no water damage on the sensor. And it took them three weeks to get back to me Mm -hmm. saying that, hey, they didn't specify any water damage, but they did say that to clean the sensor, it would cost about $90. Mm I was like, I mean, the whole sensor cleaning set is about $40 Mm -hmm. and it'll take me two minutes to do it. So I was like, nah, Mm -hmm. I'll do it myself. Mm -hmm. So I asked them and the camera should be returning in the next two weeks or so. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had my A7 IV for four weeks now. Uh, but I didn't want to stop doing any shoots, so I had a couple of portrait sessions with my old Canon T7i, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not as sophisticated as the A7 IV, but hey, it still gets the job done. And I got a publication out of the A7, the shoot from the T7i that I did. congrats. Thank you. Um, So the most recent shoot that I had on Thursday, the shoot went relatively well it could have gone so much better if I had all the inspirational photos that I had with me, Mm -hmm. because I downloaded all the inspiration, all of the photos for the inspiration for the shoot Mm -hmm. on my phone, and I left the phone the old phone at Mm -hmm. home, so I had to improvise, Mm -hmm. but some of the photos turned really well but most of the photos were out of focus Mm -hmm. because I was using a 1.8, but again I didn't notice that they were a bit out of focus because mm. i was looking at the photos from the smaller screen on the display on the yeah. camera mm. uh, i didn't know that the photos that i really really liked were a touch out of focus mm. until i saw it on the big screen so again with the digital i can click as many photos as i want and even if let's say only 10 percent of them are in focus i'd still have a good chunk of them mm-hmm. but if you use a film, yeah camera, like a film camera can hold only yep. so many films, mm-hmm. and you have to be really careful. Yep. And if you miss that, then it's just a waste of time and money for mm-hmm. both you
0: mm-hmm. and
3: both the model.
0: Yeah. So
3: how do you, do, do you have any such experience with film?
0: Um, I did a family shoot one time. They actually really like my film stuff. So they're like, oh, I want you to do a film shoot with my family. So it was uh, his wife and two kids. So the kids are pretty young, one's a baby and one's about like three, four years old. Um, so their mom, I was very honest about like my experience with film. So I was like, okay, I did a couple of portraits, but not like just for fun with friends. But I never actually did a portrait session with a group with film before. So this would be the first time. So. You have to know that not all the photos will come out. Maybe none of them will come out. This is just the thing. And then he agreed to it, and I gave them like a discount from that. And then mom came back and said, um, the wife came back and said, hey, maybe just be safe. Let's do digital as well. It's so like okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll do a set package for you. So I went to the shoot, did this, did this shooting. It was like right outside their backyard. They had a big tree. The lighting was okay, not super bright, um, and did the shoot, it was fun.
3: Was it outdoors?
0: It was outdoors, like in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a little bit of shade, not a huge amount of light. I wish I had like a flash, Mm -hmm. it would have been like a lot better, because the film I was using had lower ISO. Um, So a lot of the shots end up being out of focus. Mm because I had to go lower in shutter speed, and I was sh- ended yeah. up shaking a yeah. lot more. So, okay. Yeah, so the digital, most some of the digital came out okay, and then, you know, all the film was just, like, too dark, too shaky. And I told them, I'm sorry, like, this didn't work out, and I'm not going to charge you for that. And they were like, okay, that's fine. They liked some of the digital, so they'll they'll go with that okay. one. And then that's just my experience. Like, some people are really professional, they'll, actually only shoot weddings in film. Right. I don't understand how they do it, but they must have like really, you know, set mind on knowing their camera, knowing their film, and just like working through it through experience and knowing what's right because it's very risky. It's much more risky than like digital.
3: So do you see <laughs> at that point it just becomes muscle memory?
0: Um, I say so. Like, I think it's just over experience. Yeah, muscle. Cool. I think there's you have to be
2: you right. have to be very consistent at it, right? Because um, even for I use a rangefinder, so even for a rangefinder, what happens is when you focus the rangefinder, you have a patch in the middle of the frame. That's where you adjust your focus. So with a really um, fast lens, because you have to constantly focus and recompose, mm-hmm. you have to know how much you have to miss the focus in the middle. So when you shift your camera, when you tilt your camera and your fo- uh, your focal plane changes, so like for example, your eyes are in focus. So you can't, you can't dial in the focus completely in the middle of the frame because when you tilt that camera, it'll, your eyes will go out of focus, right? So, it comp- it was basically developing muscle memory. I get good at it if I'm using the camera every day, trying to take mm-hmm. the same photo, and then like yep. I'll put the camera down for a week, and then I don't know what I'm doing anymore, and then I have to kind of go through that same process. Um, so,
3: we have eye autofocus for film as well.
0: Eye autofocus? I don't think that's the thing. No, no because no? It's, uh, that's automatic then. There is, like, you have light meters that yeah. will give you experiments of exposure, and like manual focus film cameras will have like, you know, kind of like show you the focus change. Yeah, there are focus (laughs)
2: aids, there are autofocus, but I autofocus comes from machine learning, right? So you Mm -hmm. have to, your camera would have some kind of AI model built in. Mm -hmm. So you can't do machine learning without a computer on board.
0: Yeah, so you have to use your naked eye to make sure it is in focus. What you want is in focus, is in focus, basically. Yeah.
3: So yeah. I guess there's a reason why I don't use film because I don't have the patience. <laughs> I mean, I can spend quite a bit of money to get that eye focus so yeah. I can save some time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, rather but, than but that's for... specifically like a portrait problem too, right? Like if you're just shooting landscape, for example, that kind of goes oh, okay. away because yeah. you can just yeah. use focus scale. You basically don't have to look at your focus at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Some of them are really powerful though, like the the big medium format ones, like the, the Mamiya RS, RB67s, they're almost to the point of automatic because they're just, everything could be super sharp mm. and almost as sharp as, or even more sharper than like digital photos. When you zoom in, you see all the details. You see, you know, the bokeh and everything. It's just the softest creaminess of it. It's because the quality of the glass of the lens is just super high. And a lot of digital cameras, you can actually like swap out the film camera lens into the You know digital like for like i think you're looking at some film camera lenses before were you
2: well i guess technically all the lenses i have are film Mm -hmm. lenses i mean because the the leica m hasn't really changed since the 50s since the m3 the modern ones are the same like when we talk about the M10 that was released in I think 2017, it even went back to the old dimensions of the uh, the film M. So same mount.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's actually probably one of the oldest mounts out there that are still having like new lenses being produced. Mm-hmm. So you're you're still using the lens um, the rangefinder mechanism to focus unless you use live view. Like you can some some of the M cameras have live view too. But they're they're essentially no difference because they still produce like I still pre- produce the M6 the film camera, and you use the same lenses on that camera versus the digital M's. It's just the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and if you go back, for example, I have some older lenses I bought from the seventies and the nineties. Um, digital M, I don't believe it would. No, digital M wasn't a thing back then, so they would have been made for film cameras. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. How many lenses do you have?
2: For the M, I just have four. Just, just four. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, <not> a <laughs> yes. Okay.
2: And the what with the other one? Well, I have three bodies, and so two are like M's. One is like a Lumix S five. Okay. Um. So for the light for the M mount, I have four lenses, and then for Lumix, I have two L mount lenses. So on average, I have two lenses per camera. So I thought it was like, not that many. Um,
3: What about you? You used to have several bodies, right? Several bodies? Yeah. Of digital or film? I just did in general.
0: In general? Oh, I have like 20 film cameras. Yeah. And I have two digital now, before. See, a friend of mine,
2: (laughs) a friend of mine in Germany, he's a photographer, he does weddings and stuff, right? I visited him last spring. And same same idea. I show up and this guy has like more cameras than he's got fingers.
1: I'm like, I don't
2: have three cameras. That's okay, right? Like
0: Yeah, but the thing is uh, I don't use them all. They're yeah. just you know, a well, collection. Yeah.
2: A lot of them don't work. A lot of these yeah. cameras at his place don't work. They're just paperweight. Right? They're, yeah. So you know? he uses he's a Pentax guy, so he uses two Pentax cameras. That's his like bread and butter. He's got like a Fuji each for fun. Mm. And then a whole bunch of cameras that I can't name. Yeah. So I went there for the wedding. So instead of, so he did hire photographers that are like wedding photographers that are kind of his buddies. Like, cause they, they're kind of like in their group, but more pro than I think probably we are here. Cause they actually do a lot of weddings. Um, so one of his buddies was taking like the actual wedding photos. But what he did was because of all his little point and shoot film cameras, all the place. He just basically put out a box full of them loaded with film. Any guest can just take one and start taking photos. And then he basically develops and. Keeps whatever you can keep afterwards. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a really handy guy. Like, yeah, like hats down or hats. What's hats down? Was that hats it? off? Hats off. Hats off. <laughs> Oops. Hats, hats off. Yeah. Hats not down. Yeah, hats <laughs> off. You, know, you got to take it off. Hats off for this guy. Like, sir, like, yeah. So it was um very creative person. Mm-hmm. But then until I knew about his like family history, like they do like music, um, his wedding, like the whole. Um The entire show was choreographed by like his group of friends, like he didn't hire anybody, mm-hmm. like all his friends plant the whole thing. Just a really, really talented group of people. Mm-hmm. problem with film, right, like because Rangefinder isn't super, like it is very accurate if you know what you're doing, but if you're like, if you're rusty, and, like me you're in a pinch, you, because that day when we did the TFE with the models, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I had over a thousand frames, mm. and I ended up keeping maybe fifty of them. Mm. Like usually, that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, and most of them I didn't keep. It it also kind of made my job easy because you're not even thinking far enough about oh, do I like this composition? Do I like this photo? Like as a you don't even get to think that far. because you're like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a blurry
2: mess. It's gone,
3: right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's the same mm-hmm. for film to that sense, because you have, for example, 35mm, you get 36 frames. Mm-hmm. Maybe you only like two of them. Yeah. Three of them are in focus and the other ones there's a trash yeah.
3: for you. I still would say that with film,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you
3: are physically throwing away stuff. With mm-hmm. digital, you just select, delete.
2: Actually, you brought up a good point, because that would be my biggest, because I I'm super afraid of getting sentimental, right? Mm. Like, <laughs> I asked Mae before, what do you do with films? Do you, like, throw, throw them away after? Well, yeah, exactly. Then I'm like, well.
0: You do have storage. Though. Well, well by the time storage. you're, like, 50, you're going
2: to have, like, two trailers full of films? <laughs> yeah, like, what exactly. Do you do? Yeah, it's,
1: it's just that in digital, you have, like, you kind of store a lot more in a smaller space. Yeah. Right? It's, more, hard it's just more
0: physical. Like, it's having exactly. a photo album rather yeah. than, like, having everything stored in your computer. You can't, like, physically see it, but it's there.
1: Or several hard drives. Yeah, price at yeah. some point. That's
0: least. That's physical too. Yeah, just in smaller doses. But <laughs> in my point,
3: is you'd be spending what fifteen dollars for a film roll, 20 dollars for a film Yeah, how much are they
0: now? It's going up. Like Kodak prices going up, being get up to like twenty five bucks for one roll. For uh, if you're doing like thirty five, it'll be like thirty six rolls or uh, thirty six shots. Or if you're doing medium format, it'll be like sixteen or ten or twelve shots. That's
2: like almost then, a pic of photo. But Holy there's, man.
0: yes, there's also half frame, which is they shoot half of the quality, but at least you get double the frames. So yeah, 72 frames over oh, 36. Half
2: the something. quality, how does that work?
0: It's a smaller uh, camera. It's a smaller camera, so okay. then have a a smaller... Oh, sensor? so you like, yeah.
2: so you fit like two... Two pictures on one? Yes, exactly, ah.
0: on one so negative. It's, so
2: it's yeah. like micro four thirds, but for film.
0: Yeah, but the poly is actually not as bad as you think.
2: Well, I mean, micro four thirds is not bad. It's just, yeah. it's a small sensor. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, so there's ways around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely the issue with film right now is prices are going up and up. And that's detracting a lot of people from starting film because it's just so expensive. But what how I look at it is as... For digital, we spend everything at once. But for film, you spend as you go, kind of thing. And
3: you can also be liberal with digital. You can, like, what, thousand photos mm-hmm. in one shoot?
2: Yeah. 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 So you can't. I, really don't I don't know. An M6 is pretty expensive,
1: so. I'm... Yes, I, I still. But still, you know, when you go to a special place or you have a special event, mm-hmm. and it turns out that none of the photos in your films are good, mm-hmm. it's kind of. Well, the thing That's is, sad, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The, I'm the, trying it's... to be more conscious of because using digital, one of the things I realize I tend to do is I will, um, you know, purposely do things. Oh, so I know that in post process I can salvage the photo, mm-hmm. right? Like if I'm not, I don't have the right lens, I would just all crop after. Not no big deal, right? You you meter you meter to the highlight instead of the the overall picture. So with film, you actually have to think about you know, what the picture, how you want the picture to turn out. And then especially, especially with, I suppose, I mean, I I don't know how cropping works in film, so Mm -hmm. maybe you want to think about that beforehand. Can you crop in film? Can you like just cut the photos or what?
0: You will after you scan them you basically edit them and say where you yeah, okay, so right, digits, yeah. Use a crop and post okay okay mm-hmm.
2: but but i guess if you were if if this were the, yesteryear mm-hmm. and you don't have that yeah. you you want to make sure your 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 framing is right yeah yeah. I think
0: it's still yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. 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 you
0: just want to inch camera cuz film is a lot about yeah. getting it right in camera yeah. right? so you don't have to edit too much yeah. in post because it, you lose that film quality of like oh it's you know
3: yeah. purely
0: shot in the moment kind of thing but i think uh bring that to like an efficiency in terms of like shooting so much in digital yeah i think like film actually really helps with that because if you're really like thinking about your shot before taking it instead of like you know just like spraying spray with your and digital yes, yeah spraying yeah. pray. You like do less of that because it teaches you to be like mindful of what you're shooting. Yeah. And then when you're editing, you can don't have to go through like 10,000 photos. You can maybe just do 100 right. photos to go through because you've been careful about what you're shooting. Right. So I think that helps with like from film, implementing that into digital is like a really good thing.
2: Yeah, because lately I, I'm trying to be more conscious of the composition to get it right with, instead of like cropping post
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it it's slower. Um, I'm not saying I don't like it. I actually like it because I mean the whole, the whole thing that started me like, you know, like I went through phases, but like this latest final, like phase of me understanding what photography or how to take photos properly is about slowing down and doing things, taking your time. So it's not, it's not bad. It's just, I think I I do it better when I'm alone, Mm. it's more like therapeutic. Mm -hmm. in a big group you're trying to oh what's everybody else doing you know we have like a limited time here and i gotta keep up and Mm. try to do things right so i think we don't want
3: to be in someone else's way yeah yeah yeah.
2: so 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 in that sense like i i I tend to rush things but if i'm by myself i think that's when like that's when when i really start appreciating kind of the cameras i have because Mm -hmm. let's face it like yeah like like M's, whatever like people say things about them. Like I, I I if you were actually you actually need the photo, if your life depends on the photo, I would leave the like M's home and bring my Lumix and that's the camera I would use.
0: Yeah.
3: I said two years ago, how did your photography improve from two or three years ago?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. It's probably
2: gotten worse because that was before because <laughs> that was before COVID, I probably went out more. Hmm. That's... Well, no. Two years ago was still during COVID.
0: Are we counting COVID as two years? Yeah,
1: pre-COVID. Pre-COVID.
3: Let's say pre-COVID. Okay. Up to 2019. How 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 were you in 2019, and how did you improve now?
1: Well, for starters, I, I now I'm using a, a mirrorless camera, and before like. Uh, even a year and a half ago, I was using a, a compact camera.
3: Like point and two?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think there is already a big improvement, a big improvement mm-hmm. and, and learning experience right. Mm-hmm. Right about photography and about uh, and about uh, like everything around it, including the, the equipment and mm-hmm. the maintenance and everything. Um, still, I, I'm still, for example, having some some hard time uh, adapting to not having a lot of Zoom mm-hmm. in one place. Okay. Because, as I very accurately pointed out, I like details. Right, so for, for example, for shooting a building or for, shooting, I, I will be used to have a pretty decent zoom right there without a need to change, like to stop everything and change everything. Mm. But also, um, you know, also like for example, zoom lenses are super heavy, mm. Mm. not to so say expensive that too, but... Heavy. Mm-hmm.
3: Just have it carrying around?
1: So I, I I couldn't I couldn't carry all that around. Right. So yeah, so I'm I'm still trying to adapt to that and to learn how to work with for example with a, a smaller zoom lens or with a prime lens. Mm-hmm. So and how to adapt my style and my compositions to to that. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: So what about you? um i would say i probably settled into a look that i kind of like that i just consistently go back to
3: in terms of composition or no in
2: terms of like edit post-processing colors and because mm-hmm. i i guess i guess two three years ago i would probably like you would think that i would show you like a set of photos you would think like three different people took them because they're all in different they're all they all look different i think now i've settled into the more muted or matte look of Mm -hmm. of, like i don't actually like hdr looks because i think it's um i think it's it's more to me it's more abstract to have like a matte look than than um like super like hyper realistic hdr whatnot like i figured I figured if if you want to make it like an art and your own interpretation, you kind of have to put your own spin to it. Um, Like a lot of the looks are kind of fads, right? They will fade over time. But when you look at like photos from 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago, um, I actually like the old school look with the slightly muted colors and not as punchy, the blacks are... More like dark grays. I don't know. I kind of dig that look, and maybe that's just me. Like, because I like, I like more monochrome. I like monochrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, I like yeah. Black, yeah. I like black. I love yeah. black and yeah. white. Um, and, um, I don't know. It's like everything else. I kind of like to, I'm like Amish, right? Like, <laughs> no, like, no, like, <laughs> do I want to live without technology completely? Fuck no. But there's like a sweet spot where I don't really want more from there, right? So mm-hmm. so it's like this almost you know, um Is it like Mennonites? Um, I don't know what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: like in between.
2: <laughs> it's almost like um a a a um a self contradiction. Mm. I-, I want the tactile I want the dials, the buttons and the you know, mm-hmm. the rangefinder, but Oh, but I well, want my camera to be digital too, so I don't have to deal with you know like messing up film and all that stuff, and I can look at on <laughs> my computer. So I don't know. So that's that's really I'm kind of stuck in between like that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you mean? Hmm. I guess a lot of my photos are more in focus now compared okay. to a couple of days ago. <laughs> Everything was just. That's good. I was like, oh, this is pretty good, and I look back at it now, I'm like this was not in focus. Why did I like this photo? It's like all my taste in like, terms of what is good to me has changed over the years and be like, I'm a little more critical with my work and more aware of like what the look I need, want this to look like and what looks good. Um, I think that goes over through experience mm-hmm. and just like shooting so much and going out and then seeing other people's photos too being like not comparing but just you know seeing yeah learning from others seeing the differences and be like okay i could have done this better this better and now it doesn't look as great as i thought i would as it did yeah um so i think that's a good thing that you know learning through the process and that's
2: there are a lot of talented people like every time Mm -hmm. i look at the photos people we shoot with they share their photos on instagram holy crap yeah i I can take photos like that, man
0: Yeah, in our Mm -hmm. group there's a lot of talented people, and everyone sees what like we all go to the same location, but we all shoot something completely differently. Yeah, different angles, different you know colors and presets and styles, and yeah, it's just like really nice to see all the all the artistry and
2: all all of your nice orange (laughs) sunsets. And you look at mine, you're like, oh, where's the (laughs) color? Heaven.
0: Muted black and white. Yeah. Very amish of you. (laughs) Sorry,
2: camera doesn't do
3: color either sometimes you feel, you look at some photos and say, "Oh my god, I was right there! Why didn't I think of that?"
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And sometimes you be like, "Oh, I want to try that too," and then you do it, and you're like, "Why does not my look like that?" Yeah. <laughs> maybe just yes. their hand in the art, like mm-hmm. they put their soul into whatever they're shooting, they're able to make it work. But maybe for you, you can just you know go somewhere else and try something different. Yeah,
2: yeah, and yeah.
1: it's also like as any other trade or art, mm-hmm. it's about practice. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if you have an image in your head, which I think we all, we, most of the photograph or pictures we take start like an image in our head. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you have an image in your head and you don't get it at the first, well, you just continue trying and practicing more and more mm-hmm. until you learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Unfortunately, in, in the group we have, there are some very experienced people yeah. who are always willing to explain things and to help. Yeah. So well, that, that's also very nice.
0: And you said you
3: were being conscious about using the, uh, taking your time with the composition and stuff. So is mm-hmm. that with film or now that you have your digital, mm-hmm. are you going to just spray and pray?
0: <laughs> no, I never spray and pray unless it's like a, you know, wedding shoot or something. I need to capture moments, then I think I would need to, because I do everything manual. I, I shoot manually all the time. And then now I have to think, consider time and group shots, they don't have time for me to, you know, be yeah. fiddling with the manual and like, just wait like five more minutes, stand still. But I just have to do automatic and just, you know, shoot mm-hmm. like 10 photos. Hopefully some will, you know, work because just have to capture, you know, the moment they don't care about the artistry at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of event photography is like that too. It's just like they just want you to take the moment. They don't care about the artistry in that sense or creativity. Yeah. You have to kind of set that aside a little bit. And okay. yeah, I come to learn that as well. It's
1: it's also um a little of what happens when you have one model with a lot of photographers, like with the with the library event.
3: Mm.
1: We went, for example.
3: I yeah, do fifty photographers or something. Yeah, yeah so more it, than fifty. It was it
1: was it was crazy. Super interesting. Super yeah. interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so sometimes you don't like to just end up shooting a lot mm. because in that moment you don't have time. Mm. You know to stop everything because people like it's fifty other people there. You can't stop it. But yeah. that, that also mm-hmm. happens when when you shoot for yeah. stage, a stage events or stage mm. like dance photography. Like
0: dance yeah. photography. Mm-hmm. I do a
1: little. Of, I do a, a little of dance or performance photography, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's it. You just kind of set it. Your, your, you know your, your settings more or less to the light and to the conditions mm-hmm. and then you shoot as many as you can. Mm-hmm. and hopefully one will, will be good and focused yeah. with the right uh, you know position and everything and that's going to be the yeah. good one. And do you use manual focus or auto focus when you do events? Um, it, de- it depends mostly I use a lot of autofocus focus. Because I don't, I, I don't transfer a lot of my eyes, so I try to do. But if I do manual, I I learned how to how to do it with the help that the digital cameras have. What's it? Like peeking? I, I suppose I'm not sure what's the technical name.
2: Like the the red, little red dots that up. Yeah, the yeah, red peeking,
1: the, yeah. The red dots. That's super helpful. So I've been able to focus more, or to be sure, like. At least the eyes are on focus. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's pretty helpful. Sometimes with uh, dance or with day photography, you can do that. But most of the time you just set it like to, to put it automatic and, and you call for the best. Yeah, it's and pray.
2: So I think if you're doing it for yourself, what I've learned is that you got to put the FOMO mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. And you'd be surprised that what you can do with like limited gear, right? For like that figure skating event we went to, I brought a rangefinder with me, no autofocus, and we're taking photos of figure skaters. So I ended up essentially setting the focus based on the scale of my lens and waiting for the figure skaters to come within the range and then hoping that when I click the shutter, they're about, you know, they're about where they should be. And it actually worked. Mm-hmm. Like it worked better than I, better than I thought because um, I was trying to keep up with them using manual focus. It was hopeless. Um, and then when I changed, um, like changed it up and, and waited for them to come into the frame, it, it actually worked a lot better. And, and a lot of times when I travel, because I, I pack light um, and I would just take uh, 50 with me and just go wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as long as you get over the fact that you won't get every single shot you want and that's completely okay. It's not, it's just a picture. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I think that that's actually more freeing because I, I, my problem is before like I, I guess this last, because I guess I got into photography in in phases, right? Like the first phase I already told you about, like I didn't even know what photography was. I just had a camera. I was taking pictures of buses. and then the second phase was, you know, you know, those point-and-shoot cameras when I was in high school, so that was the early 2000s. Everybody com- came up, with, like, the competition was who can come up with the smallest, thinnest, lightest point-and-shoot cameras, yeah. right? Because everybody's it's got one in there, like, super thin. It's like yeah. a business card almost. So that was why I, I had a camera. I, I liked taking photos, but I was more into the... Technology? Yeah, the, the consumer electronics side of it. Yeah. Again, I didn't know nothing about photography you didn't need to know anything about photography because yeah. the camera was about how small and how light and how thin it was um and then i think after university i got my first slr SLR was canon okay um at the time i remember i bought a zoom once it was like 18 to 200 everybody had an 18 to 200 at some point it's, down? Yeah, it's basically hey, yeah, I I got you know I got a great camera, I got a DSLR. Look at me, right? I got this lens, and I just and today I look back, like, well, wow, most of these pictures are crap. <laughs> oh. But uh, but again, like I was more into. I think the fact that the cameras did so much for me, probably was detrimental because I did not even bother. Nowadays, thinking back, right? When you finally understand kind of the you know like how ISO. Shutter speed and aperture interact with each other. It's really not that difficult of a concept to grasp, mm-hmm. but when the camera is doing it for you, for some reason, it just it's just so hard to drive it into your head what mm-hmm. everything is doing. But even today, like you know, you can still be forgetting. You know, you hit camera, you start clicking, and then all of a sudden, you notice something's not on the right setting. I feel yeah, that's yeah, so The it's lens cap is still on. Yeah, exactly. And especially, yeah. So. But, so that was kind of, so it wasn't, and the reason I'm kind of a, like, I'm very self-conscious whenever I'm taking photos in the big group, because I'm slow, and all my stuff is, like, super slow, and I spent, like, way more money than everybody else on this slow gear that doesn't really do a lot, but that's really because that's what taught me photography, so I, I got into, like, I think I really started understanding what Photography is when I so I did my masters in Germany. I lived there for two years, um, and I, I worked for six years before I went to went and did my masters. So it was super stressful the first semester. Um, the first semester you did like courses and stuff, right? You, I I understood the the terms, the words. It's like you're sitting in class and the prof is like blabbering on about stuff, and you're like, I've heard about I've heard of these things before, but I cannot for the life of me recall like how to do anything, right? It's the first semester exam period. Super stressed out. Um, so to me, like therapy was watching uh, uh YouTube videos on photography. I I was like salivating um over this uh the Olympus Pen F. Remember that mm. little camera? It's yep. like beautiful, it's gorgeous. It's a rangefinder style camera, it's completely digital, micro four thirds. Uh, it doesn't actually have a rangefinder, but it, uh, it looks like one of the old cameras. gets gorgeous, and then I was and then I discovered this brand, well, I mean, I knew about Leica because I, I had a cousin who's into photography and she brought it up mm-hmm. before and she's always had a Lumix because Lumix and Leica mm-hmm. always had a, they mm-hmm. always had a partnership of some sort. Yeah, so I started looking at these, you know, Leica M, then I started, you know, watching videos on Leica M. I was like, oh, holy crap, this is like awesome. And then I looked at the price tag and I almost cried.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, but like, I guess fast forward a, a, a few months in Germany. Um, so, so to me, photography is kind of literally what kept me sane. Mm. And, and I actually managed to finish my master thesis early. So instead of like doing it in two years, it kind of did it in like a year and 18 months. Eight months or something like 18 months. Cause I had like a few months where I'm just like doing nothing in Germany. Like it was just an extended vacation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and. I was pretty much set on, because I finished my thesis, and I was pretty set on buying myself a nice present, um, to kind of convince myself. I bought a lens, I bought an M-mount lens that's from uh, Voigtlander, a mm-hmm. Folklenda. Even before I had the camera, right? Just so, okay, I bought this lens. I got to buy the camera, right? <laughs> and then the good friend of mine who got married last year, and, and she's dragging me, you know, she wanted to go on a road trip. She's like, hey, let's go on a road trip. I'm, uh, and she's like, oh, don't you want to, why don't we go to Vestlar? Like, you keep talking about this place. I'm like, probably not a good idea. Well, no, we'll go to Vestlar. So next thing we got in the car, we went to Vestlar. And I, I went prepared. I had two credit cards so I could split the camera on. And luckily, I got there. Well, the, so Veslar is where the Leica factory is, mm-hmm. if you if you haven't heard it before. They they built it into... So the building looks like two lenses connected together. Okay. It's very interesting. Yeah, Lights cool. Park. Um, so there's a museum in there. There's the store. There's the factory. You can kind of... But it, it was a Friday afternoon we got there. So, like, not a lot of stuff going on in the factory. And I was pretty much the only person in the store. And there like everything you ever want from Leica. And they will let you play with it for like hours on end. I was there like playing with a Leica M for like good hour and a half. And I I just couldn't leave without one. So, and luckily they had a demo unit there. Um, So demo units are 10% off. So instead of, uh, so I got the entry level Leica M at the, um, it was actually, so the M10 already came out at the time. So the generation before that was the M240, and then they had an entry-level model that's made of aluminum inside of brass called the M-Type 262. What's even better about the 262, though, is that the, the 262 is literally a film like a M, but digital. What I mean is, it, so the M240 actually had live view. If you wanted to shoot it like a digital camera, you could. Yeah. If you don't want to use the rangefinder, you could. The M260, they stripped everything out of it. There's no live view. You can there's no interface for an EVF, because you can buy an external EVF for the other You either shoot with the uh you either shoot with the rangefinder or you didn't take photos. So that's kind of what f- taught me this camera, like I have it in my hand right now, for the people who can't see. Um, it literally taught me everything about photography because there's no shortcuts, you can't. You can't look at stuff, right? The lenses are completely manual, there's manual focus. Um you can set a- um you can set aperture priority by setting it to auto. Um auto shutter speed and auto ISO, but you still have to you still have to do half at least you have to do at least half the work manually and then mm-hmm. the other half mm-hmm. if you know what you're doing you can kind of automate it a little bit. Yeah. Um but yeah, but anyway, so well, I guess I went on a tangent. Anyway, so the camera it was 10% off. So for like a student, it was I think it was instead of 5,500 euros VAT included, it was 4,950 euros. Wow. Yeah. I, I bought it and it was the best thing, it was the best thing ever. I never regretted it. I, I bought a second M and again, like I just, I don't, it's one of one of those things I regret. I don't have kids. I don't ever think of having kids. They so. have a cat. I have a cat. Cats are cheap. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're low maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Plus they, they can double as models. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's really how I got into it. Like this time around is through doing it manually and um, I guess just doing it by hand, right? Um, So for the, I think I had like almost three months free after I got the camera in Germany. Every other day I was out taking photos. So it's like, I I always prefer to it as the best time in my life because that's what I meant. I got I got the like I am and I was going all over the place taking all kinds of photos. So mm-hmm. it, it's been a lot of fun. It's yeah. like
0: a mini vacation plus your exactly learning, yeah. learning with the new
2: gear. Yeah. So if
3: you had the money, all the money in the world, which camera would you buy now?
2: uh I already have it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're sticking with what
3: you have. The M10? Yeah,
2: yeah, I have. I just, uh, yeah, I recently just bought M10. I bought a used M10 monochrome. It's a 40 megapixel digital M that only takes black and white photos. Yeah, so I would. I can't. I can't really think of another camera I would want, want to shoot with, unless it's for like, unless I'm doing it for someone else. Like if I, you know, my friends mm-hmm. would ask me to take some photos just to speed up the process, I would probably use my Lumix. It's an S5, but mm-hmm. um, but otherwise, I I, I use the Leica every time.
1: I think it it much depends on what you are. What your pictures are for? Yeah, but mm-hmm. right. if you are shooting for a gallery, for printing, for yeah. a gallery, or if you are shooting for advertisement, or if you are shooting for yourself, mm-hmm. it in like the kind of equipment you choose depends yeah. on a lot of of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they
0: say are. gear doesn't matter as much, by st- Think it does
1: in a way. It limits you to certain things. Yeah, yes, it it limits you. But at the same time, sometimes we end up. (laughs) We like girl, right? We like we like cameras and lenses, and Mm -hmm. sometimes we end up with uh, a lot fancier stuff that we actually need. Yeah. Right,
0: because we like it. Like I mean, yeah. And sometimes you don't it's know until like, you try it and you're like oh my god now i know why people are raving about it because it's yeah, like five thousand yeah. dollars but this lens is amazing like, yeah. It feels so powerful in my hands
2: yeah because <laughs> yeah, the gear does matter so like, you, you definitely knowing what to do matters the most but the gear yeah. but you also start realizing like certain photos i just wouldn't even like i would try with the like M am but i wouldn't have any expectation of any results just because when you're you know like your sony for example it'll track everybody's eyes and it'll do so much right like if <laughs> if i was at a sporting venue i'll probably just set the scale and hopefully someone yeah. would come, right like someone would walk yeah. into it and hope for the best right whereas you know someone with a more advanced camera can literally like yeah. try to yeah. yeah
3: but again that's one of the reasons why i chose the a74 because i mostly do portraits mm-hmm. so the a74 has eye tracking yeah. continuous shooting mm-hmm. again it's digital so i don't have to worry about wasting film it is expensive, yes. Do I look at it? Absolutely not. Yeah. And one of the lenses, the first lens that I chose to go with was the 85 1.4 because I mostly do portraits, and I do portraits outdoors. Yeah. And 1.4 is really good because in low-light conditions, yeah. yes, when I do portraits, I want to focus to be on the model's eye. Yeah. But again, I would also be, it's a fast camera, yeah. and I will also be getting more light into it, so I don't have to worry too much. Yeah. So on my T7 I, that was an APS-C. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that mm-hmm. would already get lower light, there's a DSLR, mm-hmm. and this is a mirrorless full frame. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot yeah. more advantages to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but again, speaking of the different styles of shoot,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I do portraits, I'm way more comfortable with portraits, I do boudoir, I do a little bit of risque stuff. Uh, it's been a while since I did any street or landscape, because I have a 35 1.8, and it's been a while since I did landscape. Uh, sorry, street photography. The last time I did was uh, when i the first time I met you at mm-hmm. the Chinese Lantern Festival, so that was back in October ish. Yeah, September twenty twenty two. Yeah, that yeah, was around that time. Uh, so it's been a while since I did that. I personally find, even though I do portraits, when I go for street, I prefer to have people in it. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly because I like taking photos of people. Right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to landscape or architecture i can do architecture because i was a civil engineer back in india Mm -hmm. so i do have a general understanding of the buildings Mm -hmm. and also a basic understanding of photography so that's easier for me when it comes to landscape i struggle so much Mm -hmm. so that's something that i want to improve there's yeah again Mm -hmm. there's no people but also it takes me quite a bit of time to see what exactly I want to shoot to right. propose the image in my head. When I do people, I say, okay, this is going to be in the background, but the background's going to be blurred. Mm-hmm. Is the background going to add to the subject? So mm-hmm. I concentrate more on the subject. But with the landscape, yeah. the landscape itself becomes the subject. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So...
1: I think, I think it's, it, it goes back to that mental image I was talking about, right? So, for example, for me, it's just the opposite. I see a landscape, and I can picture it perfectly in in a photograph, mm-hmm. You know, I can picture it in, yeah, yeah, in a a photograph, in a print, and in a. But when I see people, I honestly don't know what to do with people. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I I don't. I I honestly don't don't know. Like, yeah, it's they are there, but then what? They're just standing there. It's, it's like, what what, what what should I do? Should I smile or no? Look at the camera or no? Like, I don't have that mental image in my head mm-hmm. to guide me to take a portrait.
3: You see, I would argue that taking portraits is way easier because you can direct the subject. You can do stuff. Just... You can change the angle yourself. But if the landscape, let's say you're shooting a mountain, the mountain's there. What are you going to do with the mountains? <laughs> <But> <laughs>
1: just see, just, just take, take a picture of the, time
3: the time time. <laughs> No.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's 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 true that well you still can do a lot of things because you can have a frame, for example, natural frame with trees or you could add like yes, that's true, you cannot direct the mountain. For sure. That would be, like, <laughs> but, but still to direct people, again you need to have a starting point in your mm-hmm. head and then go from there I think they're different skill sets yeah too. I
2: think I think the creativity also like how it kind of mm-hmm. shines through is a little different too right like for portraits you can yeah you can definitely set it up more yourself right for landscape you're basically at the mercy mm-hmm. of the weather and everything else um, just think about like for example just think about you know a picture of Lake Louise right how, like how many millions of photos do we have um, on Instagram of Lake Louise so to to stand mm-hmm. out to to have to take a photo that everybody else on earth has basically taken but have a stand out you you basically have to really get creative on how you know what time you go to the lake to you know, what conditions you might or might not get right because you don't you can kind of plan for it but it doesn't really no. work out you know just because you try to plan for it um there are tools you can use now to try to plan for you know landscape shoots yeah. but at the same time um it's it's you have to have some sense of, you know, how different or how unique the shot has to be in order, you know, so people, that's why people like, you know, walk overnight to Lake O'Hara, is it O'Hara? Yeah. No, not, sorry, not a, Moran, you know, because again, that's again, that's another spot that you know, everybody in the dogs taking a photo of. So you have to basically go during, you know, golden hour or some kind of, you know, different weather condition because nowadays it's like these popular spots a nice sunny day with blue you know blue sky and like some clouds thats like the most boring photo you can ever take just because everybody with the phone can take that same photo yeah um, and that's
1: the that's that's thing with landscape yeah. right? that, uh, It's already beautiful it's, yeah yeah, yeah that, that's the thing with landscape right that uh, for for the famous landscape photographers they spend I don't know probably 80 90 percent of their time. Uh, finding the location and setting it mm-hmm. and getting to the location and finding a place that no one else yeah. has access to. Well, for example, for me, working with models, yeah. it's been new.
2: Yeah, same here.
1: Yes. No. Okay. okay, yeah. And I, I, I normally, I, or, um, I was normally, you know, either I travel or just go out the street with my camera and yeah. pictures of things I see. Like, um, yeah, for me, up to this point, photography has been mostly a uh, alone journey, more than a social one. Yeah. That includes models. Yeah. Course, so. If you
2: haven't noticed, during the model shoot, I was basically like following you around, because you really knew what you were doing, and I didn't. I was just like, oh, whatever Steve says, so just just do that, and I'll take photos again that's that's another thing so I've, I've worked
3: with models before but i haven't worked with a group of photographers uh-huh. so, ian has done a uh, portrait before yeah uh oh, th- the there course. was another person who also yep. did but joe also yeah. has done portraits before so i i was yeah. i was more yeah. conscious about not getting into their way out, not getting yeah. in their way yeah. of mm-hmm. having the shoot mm-hmm. and also trying to adjust because again uh, ian had bought lights with him. Mm. Yeah. And Joe also knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So with me, I was just making sure, As can, can, can I go now? Is, is this model free now? Is this yeah. place free now? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I was just making sure of that. And uh, I, I actually could have done a bit more. But again, this was a group photo shoot. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit of give and take in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh i felt the same way when we had the landscape shoot okay Mm. so you guys clearly knew what we were going i was like okay i i I used to do this back in 2020 what do i remember this that was three years ago did Mm. i did i get anything anything? no (laughs) i was coming up empty but when i was back in ottawa when i did the street photo shoots when i did landscape when i did architecture mm. i'd post so that was on a different account so the uh, ufo boy account that i have now that's mostly for portraits that's only for portraits um i have another account where i do burning landscape and everything mm-hmm. so when i was doing photography in that i was tagging uh you know the shout out pages on instagram mm-hmm. and they constantly give me shout outs hey this person posted this i was yeah. like hey thank you and mm-hmm. that was like three years ago and after three years like lost so much of what i used to do mm-hmm. in landscape and everything so that was a little bit disappointing because i was like uh, yes, uh, I mean, I believe that a photographer should have a forte in mm-hmm. one specific genre, so minus portraits, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that I should completely abandon the other styles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, it okay, was yeah, I have to do this, I have to get back into landscape, Jesus Christ, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and I'm ruining sensors, so. <laughs>
0: So I think we're going to wrap it up because we've been going quite a while. We can go on tangents forever. It's really fun. I just want to thank you guys for coming. It's so great to talk with you and sharing your heart, your emotions, and your experiences with photography. Um, Thanks for for taking the time to come here as well. And um, is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up?
3: I hope you found this interesting, and if you came and if you lasted this long, thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for for having us, for inviting us. And what, thank you for people who are listening. And um, also, hopefully we entertained you for a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, thank you for having us. Um, I guess there's a photographer that I really like. Um, his name is Torsten uh, Overgaard. And he always says, always wear a camera. I try to do that more. And I think that's something that people should, uh, should do. Always wear a camera.
0: Yeah. Great. thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you all. And um, well, look forward to shooting more with you guys in the future for photo Definitely. walks and doing more studio shoots and just getting to know you as like yes. friends on a deeper level.
1: And learning from each other, I think, yeah, yeah. the greatest. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope you guys had a good time and learned something new. (laughs) And add to this ever building toolbox of skills that you have already. So thank you very much. Stay colorful everyone. And let's say goodbye. Bye Bye bye. Bye. I just want to thank Luna, Yi, and Steven for joining me again. It was a pleasure having them on the podcast. And of course, you guys, the audience, for listening. I want to thank you all. Till the next one. Bye!